Cream Ray, your host at the One Soccer Nation podcast, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Don Smart. Don is a professional soccer player at Lexington SC that competes in USL1. Don, thank you for taking the time for joining us today. How's it going? Good, man. Thank you for having me on this, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So can you just take us back in time and just share how you got involved in the beautiful game? Um, so I'm from Jamaica. I was born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica, a place called Arnold Gardens, and um, migrated to the States 12 years old. And um, moved to New York in the Bronx, um, where it all started from there. And I started playing youth soccer and then played. I went overseas to, I went to Italy overseas. And then it all, it all came from there, man. And just, I just haven't stopped since then. Yeah, nice. You know, I've been to Kings, uh, been to Jamaica before a few times now. And Jamaica to me is heaven on earth. But. In regards to the soccer, the soccer scene, how is it out there? I've never seen it. I've seen fo- some footballers from there play on YouTube and some ballers you guys got over there. But yeah, the- yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy because I didn't, I never got the chance to actually play in Jamaica. I moved out early, so okay. I didn't. Uh, in the league, in the USL and the MLS, that's, that played in Jamaica or from Jamaica. So, and like every off season, I go back to go visit my family and stuff. So, and it's like. There are there are there are a lot of ballers. It's just that a lot of these guys don't have the opportunity that we have here in the states or you know in other countries that to to you know I mean to show their talent. You know most of these guys you know have to go to like you said high school right now is the biggest it's the biggest soccer in in Jamaica right now. Not even a professional league as big as like the high school is right now, and it's like it's it's actually good and it's, I'm glad that it's shedding light on the high schoolers and the young guys coming up and to see how the game has changed rapidly, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, you came to the U.S. at 12 years old. That basically changed the trajectory of your career of actually giving you the opportunity to go pro. What challenges do you see Jamaica facing in regards to the soccer landscape and building out that platform there? Is there any plans there going on that you know of or any big changes? Um... Yeah, as from now, from you know, there's there's couple there's couple academies or a couple teams that are like using the youngster now. Like growing up, like in the, like the difference between America and Jamaica is um America we have like a lot of academies and a lot of stuff that can you know showcase all the kids like around like in the states. In Jamaica, it's rare and it's only certain places you have that. You know, we have a lot of kids us from as you could say from like the inner city or their parents or their family don't have the, the the money or the thing to get these guys to the next level, you know? So it's kind of like, it's kind of hard and difficult for them. But now it's like, there's a lot of changes that's happening slowly but surely. But, you know, hopefully in the end, and I want to be, I'll, I'll, hopefully I could be a part of it, like, you know, to showcase most of these guys and shed light on these young guys coming up that need the exposure to come up in, in the professional world. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of like bridge a pathway to the U.S. or is that something in mind or? Yeah, nice. definitely, 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 definitely. That's what I'm working on right now. Like, you know, whenever I retire, you know, working on a couple of people and, you know, so we can get it started and, you know, try to help out the younger guys or the guys that need the help to get here or get overseas or go somewhere to show their talent because there's a lot of talent in Jamaica, not only in Jamaica, in the whole Caribbean itself. And, you know, it's like, you know, Having the Caribbean as a third world country is, is very difficult for guys to show their talent, you know, unless they go to like colleges and stuff like that for them to, you know, be seen and stuff. 
hundred percent. You you mentioned retiring. When do you plan to do? You, when do you plan to retire? And you know, you mentioned a little bit about this plan right here. How long have you been thinking about that or working on it for now? Um, to be honest, with you, I don't have a time frame on retiring. It's just whenever it happens, it happens. Whenever I start feeling like I can't do this no more, that's when I give it up. But now I don't like. To be honest, with you, it's not. It's not really in my mind to say you retire, but you know, like things in time change, you know. So, you know, I can be sitting here talking to you today and never know. But hopefully, it goes, it goes, it goes a couple more years, you know. Yeah. But um, I've been working on this since two thousand and two thousand fourteen. Got it. So yeah. when I was in India, I was working on this, and I know like a couple people. So in my in my hometown, Arna Gardens. Like, you know, I, I, I give back a lot to, like, the communities and the guys that play for the, the team and stuff like that. And always trying to, like, get guys into school, into colleges and, you know, just for guys to, like, actually, you know, to see what it's like to be in, in a professional environment different from what they are used to in Jamaica. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you are a, vet a veteran in the game. These guys obviously look up to you like a superhero. You know, they they're... They want to be in your position. So, you know, I'd usually ask this more towards them. I'm asking you now, what advice would you give to up-and-coming footballers that want to go pro? Um, you've got to believe in yourself, you know, believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, no one is going to believe in you. And you can't just like it. You have to love it. Liking and loving is two different things. When you love it, no matter what it is, you would get up and go and go play. If you like it, you're like, okay, outside is too cold. You know, it's raining. I won't do it. But if you really love it, you won't have any excuses, you know? You would just get up and do it. And, like, just don't give up. Like, don't give up on your dream. It's never too late, you know? It's never too late. And you have to work hard because hard work always be talent when talent hasn't worked hard enough, you know what I'm saying? So you have to just keep going, just, just continue playing. Play as much as you can at a young age. Play as much as you can because that's the experience that you get from playing and, you know, learning the game and, you know, from different people and, you know? So I just, I would just say, just, like, don't give up. Believe in yourself and just keep playing no matter what. 100%. So let's dive into how you went pro. So you came to the U.S. at 12 years old, and then where did soccer lead you from there? Um, so played played at a club a club club team here in the Bronx, which is called Bronx Reggae Kids. And it's like there was only Jamaican guys on the team, you know, because I live in the Jamaican community in New York. And um, it's like everyone's like migrated from – Jamaica and we all like went to like the same high school and middle school and we all like so happened to be on the same team and um you know it all came from there and it's crazy because I told guys now it's like my when academy was going when academy first started that was I think was my what how was it? I think that was my last year into high school I believe and it was like kind of like basically kind of too late, so I didn't get the the real training and the academy and stuff. Like my coach was a cricket player, mm. you know, so we didn't really we didn't really he didn't really coach as much. We just had a bunch of individual players that know how to play the game, and you know we go up and play against guys that train three four week three four days a week. We only train on Friday and Saturday, mm. you know, and then we go play a game on Sundays, and we would play against teams like FC Westchester. New Rochelle, um, Gachi in in Queens, 
and a team called Brooklyn. Brooklyn Knights were they're now called Met Oval. And these guys that we used to play against was like, you know, Hispanic guys, Colombian, uh, Africa. It was all over. It was different, different race. But these guys was like, you can tell they was on a different level from us because of the training that they was getting. But we would keep up with them because of we have a lot of individual players were really good. Hmm. So, um, you know, went from there, you know, started playing and, you know, people started seeing us and inviting us to like, you know, ODP and, you know, they had a this guy, um, I met some Italian guy that had a team that was going to Italy in um in Coney Island. And I literally I told my I, it's crazy because I told my friend this the story the other day where I literally had to go to I used to go to parties a lot. I'd go to parties and know that I have to go to training the next day. So I would go to party, have my stuff in the trunk, tell my friend to drop me at the train station after the party, which is like four o'clock in the morning, jump on the train, two and a half hours, go all the way to Coney Island. Wow. to train and then take the train and come all the way back with every parent everyone else parents like picking them up and driving is just like and i tell these guys like that was my dedication like i used to go to parties like knowing like i have to make it to training the next day so you know it's like why these guys why my friends at home sleeping i'm on the train like missing my my stops because i'm sleeping just to make it and you know it, it worked out and um happened to got the opportunity to go to um we went to italy and it was a it was an eye opening experience, you know. I got this. I that, that's when um I think Giovinco was playing for Juventus. Balotelli was still at Inter Milan. It was a a cup called the Primavera tournament in Italy. It was like teams like academies from like all over the world. Brian Munich, Santos from Brazil. It was like it was like my first experience like actually seeing like professional guys, you know. And I've seen guys. This was when I was like eighteen. Like eighteen, nineteen, and maybe oh maybe twenty. And these kids that were just younger than me, like seventeen, sixteen, and these guys were when I say ballers, I couldn't even believe I was like, there's no way these guys are that young. But like I said, the training that these guys were getting was professional training. Mm-hmm. So it was like different class. It was like a different class, man. It was just like and I would like I remember calling my friends over in Italy. It's like, yo, listen, man, you guys thought I was good, man. You should see these guys, they way better than me. It's like we got we got ripped apart every game. We got wow. ripped apart in every game, man. But you know, it was the experience, and I and I, it's like it's one thing like I, I wish like everyone that plays soccer get to experience, mm. get to experience it because it's like you get to see different cultures, you get to see how is it to be a real professional. You wake up, you know, you eat breakfast, you go to the gym, you train, you play games, you travel. You know, every everything is together. You know, and that was my first time like actually witness like a real like professional. I always say, listen, man, when I grew up, I want to be a professional soccer player, but you know how it is. Like when you're a kid, it's like when your dream comes into reality, it's like an eye opening experience. It's like, holy shit. Like this is what it really takes, you know, you know, and I didn't really, you know, and when I came back, the guy who, I, the guy who was my, um, my roommate, his name was Mateo Gantovic. He was, he was Polish. So he asked me, he's like, yo, so what you trying to do when you get, when you get back? I was like, honestly, man, I don't know, man, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to play. And he's like, listen, man, my dad has a hookup in, in Poland. Would you go to Poland and play? I was like, hell yeah, I'll go to Poland and play. Why not? Got the, got the invitation, got my visa, went to Poland, went to Poland, man. Now, and I tell you, man, this was, this was another, I, this was the coldest place I've ever been to in my life, man. The coldest place, yo. I was the only black person in the town. Wow. 
So imagine <laughs> that. The only yeah. black person. Only black. Yo, people was like touching me to see if I was real and just like, it was, it, man, it was, it was crazy. It was so crazy, man. It was like, it wasn't, it was, it was, I tell people like the, the, the experiences that I get and the things that I went through to be where I'm at right now is, you know, everyone got a story, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's crazy, man. And, and I would never, I would, I would, I wouldn't give it up. I wouldn't give it up. I would do it all over again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, this is where you get to see, it's like, okay, these are what these guys go through. That These guys that you see on TV, the professional guys, the Cristiano Ronaldo, the Messi and these guys, it's like, these are what these guys go through. You know, it's like different culture. You being in the locker room, like no one speak English. Everyone speak Polish. You're the only guy that even the coaches, they're talking and you're like, what the hell is going on? And they just call your name and say, good. And you just say, yeah, good, good. And you go out, you do yeah. whatever the hell you want because they talk to you, you don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was, it was, it was good, man. It was good. And, I got injured, came back, and it was, I had a hard time because I didn't speak the language and I was learning like words, like I was learning like, like 10 words a day, every day. And I was to a point where I know how to, to communicate like on the field. Mm -hmm. Like I know how to say pass, turn, like, you know, those stuff. And when I got injured, it was kind of, it was kind of difficult for me because I had no one to talk to, you know, this is the time when Skype came in. And I was on the computer talking to Skype and, you know, in Europe is like, it's a six hour difference from Europe to here in America. And while I'm getting up, these guys are going to bed while I'm going to bed. They, they you know what I mean? They getting up. So it was kind of like, you know, I had to like gauge the time frame to see. And it was, it was a real difficult time for me. And it's like, time was like, you know, what? I always wanted to experience it. And when I got into it, I just kind of got like homesick. It's like, man, this is like, you know, and I end up, I end up coming back home. They really wanted me to stay, but it was like a whole bunch of little fishy stuff going on. And, you know what I mean? I was like, listen, man, I want to go back home, man. You know, I was young, you know, being young, being away from home, being away from everyone is like, that was like a crazy experience that, you know what I mean? I would tell people like, listen, if, if I had to go back again, I would have stayed, mm-hmm. you know, but I was young and I didn't know what was going on. And I came back home and I came back home. There was a team in USL in Long Island called FC New York. FC New York came about. This agent guy hit me up and told me, "Hey, there's a there's a team in New York. You should go and you know." And I went to try out. I played with them. I played with them for the year. So I signed a contract halfway through the year. So I played with them for half se- half a season. Then the team got folded. Then I had to. Then I went to Orlando City. Uh, I went to preseason with Orlando City. Uh, this was two thousand and. Uh, I think 13, 2013. And the coach said, I was there for like the whole preseason, like mm-hmm. playing and, you know, thought, you know, thinking I'm like, all right, this is it, man. I'm going to finally make it. You know, I'm doing good. Like, you know, I, I came off like a half a season of professional playing in the USL and I know how it is playing. All right, cool. Then he told my agent that um he can't promise me playing time. So I'm like, yo, that doesn't make any sense. Like I should be the one to be working for, you know, but left there fast forward left there went to a team in virginia called fredericksburg was they was playing in the m uh pdl they was playing pdl at the time played pdl with fredericksburg uh played half a season I had seven goals i had eight goals in six games five assists and the guy who brought me there was like he was a he was a guy that had a link to go to germany so I was like, okay, 
I'll play half a season with you. Since you say you're going to give me the hookup to go to Germany, I'll just come and play. Come and play. Um, got injured halfway through the season. Fractured my ankle. Didn't get to go that year. The following year, I played again. There was, um, what was the league called again? MPSL. Mm-hmm. MPSL was the league. And came back and played. Uh, played there for the whole year. My team won. If you look at the team, it's called... What was the team? How, how can I forget the name of the team? It was in Virginia. Should we change our name from... Yeah, we, we changed our name from, from Fredericksburg Hospital to RVA. RVA was a team in Richmond, Virginia. So we had like all the like the college the top college athletes on our team. Like D ones from players from Virginia, UVA, from Duke, um, James Madison, uh, VCU. We our team was stacked, you know, and it was just me and a couple older guys was on the team and we went undefeated that whole season. We won the whole thing undefeated. Our coach, uh, we played for a guy named Grover Gibson. He was a guy that played on national team U-17 growing up, and he's been playing in Germany since he was, like, 15 years old. Hmm. So Left that team. Go ahead. Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, playing over. So what age did you sign your first professional contract? 20. And that was in Holland? No, that was in Poland. Poland. So you signed your first pro contract in Poland. Yeah, Poland. Poland for a team called um, Warta Warta Poznan. And how long? How long were you there for? Yep. Like one year. Five months. <laughs> and then when five you, months. When did you sign your second professional contract? Uh, when I came back to the states for FC New York, which is twenty. I was twenty-one at the time. So also basically so from all the way from 20, you've been playing pro consistently or did you drop levels and go up and drop like? I dropped levels. I dropped levels. So every time I would go up, I would play professional. I played in USL. The team folded. I dropped down, played PDL. Played PDL. Then I played MPSL for two years. And then after that two years, I ended up playing NASL for Indy 11. Indy 11. And so then... I played for Indy 11, played Indy 11 for four years. From 2014 to 2017, and PDL at, at the time because I'm not familiar with PDL because isn't PDL USL now? They ch- just they change names or is uh, that no. So PDL, PDL, PDL is like like now because they have so many leagues now. It's like I'm, like I'm kind of confused because they have the MLS, they have USL Championship, they have USL League One, and then they have the USL Academy. I think it's called. Or now it's called UPSL. I think they changed the name to UPSL yeah, now. UPSL. Yeah, so UPSL. PDL is like UPSL. Yes, okay, okay yeah. It. So PDL is like UPSL. Okay. So what, like, you know, how do you handle, and now you're currently, you're currently playing in USL 1, which is third division, and then there's two other third division leagues. There's MLS Next Pro and NISA. So what advice would you yes. give players in regards to, like, you know, you're playing at a high level and then you're dropping down, and then you're going back to a high level and dropping down that that volatility per se in regards to league and consistencies and, and the level that you're paying, playing in and the amount of money that you're making, what advice would you give to players in regards to dealing with that and how do you stay consistent because you've done that? Um, I would say 
it's okay to dream big, but always know that um, sometimes it's, it's, it's okay to take a step, to take two steps backwards to move back forward, you know? Because mm. sometimes you know how it is. It's like this game, this game is like, it, 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 it promises to no one because, you know, you can, you can be on top today and tomorrow you can just drop all the way down. You know, and some guys don't know how to handle that. And I feel like don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of going down a league or mm. taking, you know, a couple steps down because, you know, you just say, for instance, you play in the MLS and, you know, you don't play in the MLS and no one wants you. And it's like a lot of guys don't want to play in the USL. And I don't see why. It's still professional. But not that it's not because you're not playing MLS. There's still quality guys in those type of leagues. It's just that. You know the way the way how it works now is just like you know things and times changes. It's all it's all about what the coaches and what the team are looking for, and it's okay to take a step back because when when I took a step back, of course I was upset and I was like, ah, oh, I'm too good for this league and this and that. But like when the reality hits you, the good thing about it is that you're still playing. There's a lot of guys that don't even have a club. You know what I mean? So I just think you just like. You know, it's okay to take a step backwards. Just like, just keep grinding because that one step that you take backwards and you just say, for instance, you played in the MLS and you come down to play USL and you killed the league and you become, just say, for instance, you make best 11 and stuff, you might go back up because they can see, okay, this guy belongs here. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes there's a lot of guys that belong in the league that's not in the league. So it just, sometimes it just, it just, it just, it doesn't work out for you, you know what I mean? I just like I just didn't give up, no matter where they are playing. Long as long as I'm still playing, because my dream, like I said, this is why I said earlier, you have to love it, not like it. Because mm-hmm. if you liked it, you you know a lot of a lot of guys that I know like say, you know what, I'm not gonna play USL. It's just you know the money is not good, you know this what it is, and it's not you know and like you know a lot of guys can say, oh we're gonna go 95, and then when they go do the 95 and sit behind the desk. Now they call me. It's like, man, listen, man, play as long as you can because the 95 behind the desk is not as what all of us thought it was because, you know, a professional footballer, like a lot of guys, like that's their life. So when you don't have that in your life anymore, it's like now you just you have to adapt to what's going on. And the transition is kind of difficult. You know, a lot of guys like have to t- it take them a while to like, you know, really get to really get accumulated to what they're doing other than playing soccer. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, I'm yeah. going to ask you a tough question here because I, I totally relate to your story in regards to like loving it. I love it the same way you do. Um, you know, I'll share a little quick story. 2019, I was in France for three to four months, biking, catching the train, going to practice, taking the train back, you know, sleeping, repeating, doing the same thing. I totally understand that experience. I, I didn't do the partying too much. What you did, you, you got that energy, man. I don't have that energy, but, um, you know, being away from, family and friends you mentioned you know you were gone for five months you know it's it's really hard to keep consistent with family and friends back home um and you also mentioned an injury um i'll get into the injury after but you know how do you did you were you able to still keep those friendships and relationships alive during your career or were those things that you had to sacrifice um yeah for the most part a lot of friends that i had i still have them now because they understand what i was going through and what i wanted to become you know 
yes, I have, I do have, I did have a couple of friends where it's like, you know what, it's not going to work out for you, man. Just go find a job, you know, this and that. So listen, man, I I get what you're saying. And at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do. It's my life. You know what I'm saying? So you do what you want to do, and I do what I want to do. Because I'm, I'm, a lot of my friends can tell you, or people who know me, I'm stubborn when it comes to certain. When it comes to soccer, I'm very stubborn. It's like, you're not going to tell me that I can't do something. I have to do it and to see that I can't do it. No one can be like, oh, you can't do this. Like, you can't tell me that I can't do it. I'm going to do it and show to you that I can do it. You know, so at the end of the day, it's like, I had guys that are pushing, I had friends that were pushing me and say, listen, man, just stick it out. Just stay, you know, you know what you want in life. You know what I mean? It's, it's not easy, but you have to do it. And I had guys who were telling me, hey, man, you should just come back home and not play in this and just because they wanted to be, they wanted me to be closer to them, which is selfish. It's kind of selfish. But at the end of the day, you have to, you have to do what's best for you, not what's best for other people. 100%. You know, so it, it, it ruined, a, it ruined a couple of friendship, but you know, God have a way to work out things in his, you know, in in a way. It's like sometimes the people that you lose, they wasn't just meant to be there. You know, sometimes you're, you have people in your life for a season. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like, it might be, you might thought this person is like, you know, I come, I came across a lot of teammates where it's like, oh my God, I'm thinking, yo, they're like my best friend. And next year I don't oversee them because they're, they get traded or I get traded or, you know, they're not playing anymore. And it's just like, it's just how life goes on. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Life goes on. You just, you just have to do what's best for you. Yeah. I know we're coming up on time here. Uh, one of the last questions I'll ask yeah. before the fun ones is injuries. Injuries could end your career. But actually, before I ask you this, you be, you started playing pro at 20. If you don't mind me asking, how? what's your age, what's your age now? I'm, uh, it's crazy because Saturday coming, I'm going to be 36. 36 G's, man. 36 years old. Happy birthday to you, man. More life. Um, appreciate it. I appreciate it. You've been playing for like, well, longer than 16 years, but after you signed pro 20, so you've been playing for a decade plus pro. So, um, yeah. you know, injuries are, are, are a huge part of the game. Being in the game for about 16 years plus at pro level, you know, how do you, how do you balance back from that injury and how do you stay healthy now? Because you're, you're, you're 36, you're playing with younger guys and guys your age, but. How do you how do you stay healthy? Um. So when I got injured, you know, it was I, I, the I think throughout my career I probably had maybe two serious injuries. Like all the rest of the injuries that I had was like minor, like like hamstrings and like level three sprains in the ankle and stuff like that. And um, when I got when I was getting injured, when I was in is I started learning how to take care of my body. When I was in, when I started playing in Indy, because normally, like like I said, I I don't stop playing. So I, on the off season, like I have friends that play soccer, and it's just like we don't we don't we don't we don't stop. You know, I come home and I'm constantly like wake up in the morning, running and training, going on the beach and playing. And one of the trainer, we had a sports specialist guy in Indy, named Mike Robinson, told me he saw I was on vacation in Jamaica. And I used to post like some of the times where like when I work out and stuff, you know, because some of the some of the guys like, yo, um, what do you do on the off season? Like, can you like post some of the stuff so I can see like what you do? So I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. And he's like, man, every time I see you, I go on your Instagram. You always running, man. You always running. The body that you have, you're not, you're gonna be naturally fit because you know you have fast metabolism. It's like you have to like you have to go to the gym to you know to build muscle to because the more you run, the more you deflate your muscles. And I didn't know that. 
I used to just think, right, I'm just going to go play. And I was like, you know what? This guy's serious. And I played with a guy named Gerardo Torado. He's a Mexican. If you look him up, a Mexican, a Mexican legend. Played four World Cups for Mexico, captain for Mexico national team. And I used to see this guy come into training. And he used to be the last person to leave training. Like, this guy used to spend hours, like, after training, stretching. And I used to look at him like he was crazy. I'm like, yo, what's wrong with this guy, man? Like, come on, man, go home. He's like, well, you, I was like, He's like, when you reach my age, you will see. You will see. Yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm talking about. And to be to be fair, I started going to the gym on the off season two years ago. Out of all these years I've been playing, I started going to the gym. I I never had a gym membership until two years ago. Mm-hmm. I had a gym membership, and I listen. I used to go to the gym. I go. To, I went to. I would go to the gym every single day. Every single day, I used to go to the gym. I go. I, I would train in the morning and go to the gym at night, and then. After the gym, I would get a call and say, hey, we're playing indoor soccer. And I would just go play right away. So sometimes I'm doing like three days. So it's like, you know, I've, I've, for, from since I, I noticed I start doing, I start doing the gym a lot more, I start to have less injuries. Mm. And I started noticing. And I try to tell, like, try to tell the younger guys, like, listen, man, just, you know, on the off season, just try to mix the gym with the, the training. Because sometimes, like, a lot of guys, no matter how much you train in the offseason, it's totally a different ball game when you go into preseason. It feels like you haven't been training. You know, you've been training all these all these months and you go to the preseason, you're like, oh my God, it's like I've been training so much. So it's like, you know, you just like do a lot of strength work on the offseason. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to go into preseason fit. Because when you go into preseason fit, midway through the season, you're gonna burn out. So you wanna be in, in preseason, you wanna be you want to be in the middle of the pack. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be too fit or not fit. You just want to be, you know, a little bit of condition where, you know, you can keep up. And when you go, when you go in preseason, because in preseason, you do two days anyway. So mm. when you go in preseason, that's what preseason is for. And then when you get in preseason, now you care. Now you're good. Midway through the season, you're, 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 you're banging. You're banging out. And, like, if you can, and if you see, if you look at, if you look in most seasons or most, uh, most leagues, midway through the season, a lot of guys get injuries, and a lot of guys that the stuff that they used to doing in the beginning of the season, they started going down because of that reason. And I've yeah. learned that, and I tried to pass that on to most of the younger guys that I know. Like you know, a couple of the guys that I know, I tried to tell them, listen, this time. But everybody's different. Everybody's different. You got guys that can kill the beep test, and this, and when you go in games, they can't run. You know what I'm saying? So everybody body's different. Like and like on fitness tests and stuff, I'm not I'm not gonna do the greatest, but I'll be maybe top ten, top five and thing. But in games, like I don't stop like all my friends say I don't stop running. So it's a different type of fitness. You know, everyone have a different type of fitness and the stuff. And like like I said, I'm older now, so I, I I just try not to stop because I feel like if I stop, it's gonna take me longer to get back into it because I'm older now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so crazy. Like consistency is key, man. But that's 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 pretty interesting that you're saying. You know, you want to stay. You don't want to stay too fit, not too low. You want to stay right in the middle. That's pretty. This is the first time I'm hearing this, so it's working for you. You're 36, so hey, man. You know what you're talking yeah. about. So, guys, yeah, Don Swire, man, listen to him. Um, with saying that, I got five fun questions to to end it off lightheartedly. Um, what is your favorite food to eat? Oxtail. Rice and peas. What is your favorite movie? Rice and peas. Yes, actually, rice and peas. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Know it. <laughs> My favorite movie, Shatters. What is that? A Jamaican movie? 
Yeah, Jamaican movie is called Shatter. You should check it up after you after this. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. What's your What's your favorite activity besides soccer and the gym? Favorite activities. Mm. I like to play basketball. You know, mm -hmm. I'm actually good at basketball. A lot of people don't know that, but I'm actually good at basketball. Because moving here in in New York, you have to learn how to play basketball, man. Because a lot of guys don't play soccer. They just, you got to go in the park. You know, you got to learn how to play basketball. It's too much so concrete. I play basketball and like hang out with friends. Yeah, basketball, yeah, hang out with friends. There's too much concrete over in New York. No land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite music artist? Movado. What's your favorite track by Movado? Um, the favorite track. Um, my favorite track. He has so much. Um, damn, this this is hard. This one is hard. This one is hard. Uh, damn, man. This one. This one. A, trust me, it's a lot. It's <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to remember. How can I? How can I not forget my favorite song? That's crazy. How can you forget your favorite song? That's wild. All right, I'll give you a next one. Messi or Ronaldo? Shit, man. I'll say both, man. I'll say both. I'll say both. Listen, the reason why I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I say both. Because at the end of the day, these two guys been doing it for, for a decade, right? just them two by themselves and it shows you two types of two types of two types of athletes one that worked their ass off which is ronaldo and one is just talented yeah. so it just god is just showing you sometimes you have to work hard to get what you want sometimes it's some people are just talented it's just like it's just god given it's like no matter what this guy do it's just like he's just talented you know thanks so I'll yeah. say both. I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose one. I wouldn't choose one. I would say both. I'm copying all the plays. Can I play? Can I do a clap. <laughs> Damn. No, this thing has some cool settings to do, but it doesn't want to clap. All right. Well, uh, Don. Uh, before we go, I'd like to thank you for taking the time for joining us on the One Talk Nation podcast today. Ah, uh, man. No problem, man. Anytime, man. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you.